guys. It's Joy. And this is Claire. Hi, everybody. Hello. We have the best chat today. We have such, we have the regulars. We've got the cool people. We've got OGs. people who are staying up late. We are just recording in the afternoon, which we normally don't do. But here we are. And it's the end of July. Things are happening. We've got a lot of updates. So where do we want to start? All right. Let's see. So last time we talked to you, I had just had a really slow, really slow, sad trail run. Since then, I have competed in a taekwondo tournament, which mm-hmm. is not something I ever thought I would do. Um, I did not place in my forms category. However, I'm just going to say this once, and I truly don't care, but I think there was like a scoring calculation error because they show your scores and then they like for each individual and then they present like first, second, third. Uh-huh. And I scored higher than the person who came in third. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Things, like there might've been a mix up, it's not a big deal. I'm not that bad at math, <laughs> it's fine. And then <laughs> in sparring, I took third, but only because I was in like the third place match basically. My sparring opponent, the whole reason I did this Taekwondo tournament, the whole reason I got tucked into it was that I was told like, there's gonna, there are gonna be other adult women there in your division. Like you will be in a division with nothing other than other adult women. And I've talked about this in the podcast before, like 99.9% of the time when I'm doing sparring practice, I am sparring against teenagers. And that's because I am the size roughly of a 15-year-old boy. I'm 5'3", 5'2", 5'3", right? Like 130 pounds. I'm not, there aren't very many other adult women who go to the karate school we go to. First of all, it's mostly for kids. And like, if there are adults there, it's because they are the parents. Like they try to get parents to do it. I think it probably just like helps keep the kids motivated to stick with it for the whole time. But Mm -hmm. there aren't that many women and there aren't, I don't think there are any other women at my belt rank and very few other women above my belt rank who are not like physically much bigger than me. Like most of them are a lot taller And it's really hard to spar people who are taller than you, in my opinion, because fighting up is really hard. Like for me to try to kick someone, the only place you can kick and get a good, and like for points is basically like the area that your chest guard covers. So effectively like the front and sides of your torso. Now imagine trying to hit someone, to kick someone in the front or sides of their torso if they're a foot taller than you. You'd have to like do the splits in the air. I, yeah. And I am not a flexible person. So like I cannot kick that high. But for them, it's sort of just like shaking like a piece of grass, like a toilet paper off your foot. And they just like kick me in the ribs because I'm so much shorter. So they just like bink. And now I'm down. So all that to say, I was told there would be other women my size, my age, who I would get to spar. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll do it. There were only five of us. So the fact that I didn't come in first through third in forms out of five. But – I was sparring for third place and the other woman, we were both, you, you sparred a five points and we both had four points. So it was like the next person to hit, to touch the other one is going to win, you know, to hit the other one correctly is going to win. And we both like immediately come towards each other, just trying to get a kick. And she plants her leg to kick and goes down and they think she tore her MCL. No, that's no joke. Right? So like I didn't touch her. Like I had not, you know, I hadn't come in contact with her yet. But I was just like, she just went down. And then if you're somebody's opponent and they go down, what you do out of respect is you turn away and take a knee so that like you're not watching them suffer effectively. And so I don't really know what happened next. I'm also in full gear, mind you, with like I have like a plastic windshield even that goes in front of my helmet. So I'm already like it's very disorienting to be in all that gear. So. She's like, they're figuring her out behind me. 
And then the the main judge of our ring comes over to me and he's like, you didn't do anything wrong. She's going to be okay. She's going over to medical. We'll take a couple, you know, take a breather. Anyway, so based on the number of points up to that point, they score it based on like, yes, it's kind of an elimination round, like a bracket, but it's also based on the number of points you score overall, kind of like the World Cup, right? Where like you could lose a match, but still advance because you have overall more points. So I had gotten, I think, overall more points than this woman in general. I just felt terrible because everyone's like, oh, you got third place. I'm like, yeah, but like, here's the thing. So I mean, you can imagine it, right? You're like, you go to, you plant your leg hard and you go to kind of like rotate and do a kick and and you just blow that. Oh yeah. Yep. So I felt super bad. I really hope that she's doing okay. Apparently she had just come back from like over a year on crutches for foot surgery. So it's just like adding adding insult to injury. She was she had an amazing form. Mira in the chat says, what is forms? Thank you, Mira. Forms is another word for like a routine. Like this is your routine. You have it's like got punches and blocks and kicks. There are certain routines at each belt level that have different names. And so like at each belt level, you learn a different routine. And so like you do your that level's routine in a So was this was this kind of like a last minute thing? Cause like you you've been trying all these new things and then you just texted Jess and I. You're like, did I tell you I'm doing this taekwondo? Yeah, it wasn't really a last minute thing. I signed up when we were in Wisconsin. So like I'd known about it for a couple of weeks, but Miles has done a couple tournaments and typically he, he, we just sign him up and then Brandon and I just like spectate. But this time they were really trying to get more people to sign up and because a lot of people were out of town for the summer and they're like, if you're going to be in town, we really love to have you. And so I kind of just like did it at the last minute before the registration closed while we were in Wisconsin. So because it was like we were out of town, it was like a whirlwind. I kind of forgot about it. And then I came back and I was like, oh, that's this weekend. So it was fun. It was a good experience. Uh, I was really nervous. I think I was mostly nervous of like making a fool out of myself. Cause like I already I mean, that's feel- what we always are worried about. Like in front of people and like you're performing and right. being tested. Yeah. Right. You're being judged. And like I've I know I've said this before too, like taekwondo and martial arts in general. I wouldn't say it's something I'm passionate about. Like it's a it's a fun thing to have this activity that we all do together, but I'm not like I don't love it. It's not like my thing. Yeah. It's not the level of surfing love. Right. I don't love it the way I love surfing. I'm not, it's not like, it's not even like trail running where it's like, oh, I've always kind of wanted to see what it would be like. Like it truly was just sort of randomly one day. I was like, yeah, sure. Let's sign up for this with Miles. Miles had already been doing it for a year. And I was like, yeah, okay. We might as well just all sign up. So I kind of was like a little embarrassed to do a tournament because I was like, oh, this is really above my commitment level to this, you know? I think the nice thing is that it is a pretty casual, I mean, martial arts is not that casual, right? Like it's like kind of known for being really disciplined and structured, but as far as martial arts can be casual, doing it with a bunch of kids is like, you know, the stakes are not that high. Low stakes. I don't know if I'll do it again. I probably, I think Brandon and I will probably trade back and forth. Like he's a little bit more into this than I am. He had a background in martial arts from like high school and college. I think he kind of weirdly has like the opposite insecurity where he's like, I don't want to get out there and like go too hard and make everybody think that I like take this really seriously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Where you're just like, yeah, the diehard. Yeah. EJ says tournaments are a great way to get more experience since you can get feedback from people that aren't in your normal classes. And that's very true. It's also just a good way to, for me at least, to like connect with other people kind of in my age group. <laughs> and also like I really like doing it with Miles and being able to see his progress over the years. Like it's an easy way, particularly in his kind of self-esteem. Like, I mean, you know, his actual performance is I could care less about what, it, what how he does. But the first time he did a tournament, 
he was so nervous that he had like fits, like tantrums the whole week leading up to it. And you could just tell it was because he was nervous. I remember that. I remember. And you made him practice all the time. You're like, the reason why he's winning is I make him practice so much because he would like get so nervous about it. Right. I was like, like, I don't want him. It would just be muscle memory. I needed it for him to be muscle memory because I knew that the second that he messed up, if he did, he would get so embarrassed that he would just shut down if that were to have happened to him. Yeah, that was me as a kid. I get it. Totally. I would be freaking out. (laughs) Like that feeling of public embarrassment is the worst. And since these forms or like routines are more or less standardized, everyone knows if you messed up. It's not a dance routine where it's like, oh, you missed a beat and you can kind of just pick up. And if you like play it off, then no one will really tell. Right. Everybody knows what you're (laughs) supposed to be doing. And so it's definitely – Seeing him grow over the years just in his confidence, like the first one, I literally made him practice it 200 times before the tournament and it paid off. And to this day, I don't really even know how I like swindled him into doing that with iPad time is how I did it. Oh, yes. iPad time. This one. do it. Yeah. Um, And the his second tournament, we didn't practice as much and he did kind of like mess up in the middle and got really flustered. And then this one, we practiced a lot, but not 200 times. But he just was like so much more composed and you could see there were a couple times like Brandon took a video because I was competing at the same time as him. But Brandon took a video where you could tell there were a couple times where he would like get to a part in the form where that's maybe similar to another part in the form or another part in a different form. And he'd be like, wait, what do I have next? And you could see him kind of pause for a second and then pick pick it back up as opposed to just like pause and like get all flustered and just freak out, which is maybe what he would have done like a year ago. So that's a very cool thing to see and like have these really clear milestones of watching your kids self-esteem and just self-awareness. Yeah. Well, not only that, like seeing his parents doing like seeing their parents and even Evie too, like seeing you and Brandon doing the same thing and facing challenges and even doing a competition where you're facing a fear and that being modeled is really cool. Yeah, it was cool because he was like, you know, able to say, oh, I'm so nervous. And it's like, yeah, I'm nervous too. Like, what should we do? Yeah. And kind of work through that with him. That makes me think of a a question of like, when's the, I don't know if you have an answer to this, but like, when's the last time you kind of like faked something that was probably kind of silly? Like, you didn't really need to fake it. I think like recently someone asked me something and I lied because I was so like, I just don't want to like explain because it was a stranger it's like sometimes that you faked something I think it was like someone asking if I did some type of sport and I was like yeah <laughs> I was so not wanting to have a conversation about it or I just like lied about it I'm like it's so funny how we just like we don't want to look stupid in front of people yeah I can't think of anything specifically like in that regard but I do definitely you know I think like at work I fake it a lot where I'm like oh yeah totally I'll get back to you on that I'm like I have top of that rose Right. We're going to talk about that, Rose. I'll get back to you on that. A lot of times means like, I'm going to Google that and then write you back. <laughs> yes. Yes. Donna says, totally do that or oversimplify to escape a conversation that I don't want to have. I do that all the time. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think, I mean, I'll have to think about it and it'll probably come to me maybe next episode, but where I literally have done, maybe like walked in somewhere and pretended like I knew how to do something because I like didn't want to look stupid. But I wasn't it recently. When you were like at Fitwall or something and somebody said something like about your legs or like your shoulders or something, and they're like, oh, are you, are you a swimmer? And you're like, yeah. Well, it's I mean, like that happens like a that. lot. I, yeah. mean, I did tell you, we, we should probably talk about that like briefly because I get embarrassed, but I texted you because this girl was like, <laughs> I had these shorts on 
I got, I did this overhaul of getting rid of shorts that were kind of like, you know, I don't know. I think they're like the three inch shorts at Lulu. I don't really wear three inch anymore. I like wear a little bit longer. I'm just more comfortable in it. Like I think in the CrossFit days we were super okay. Look, whatever for me, booty shorts were like just fast and furious in the CrossFit world. And I just don't feel like that's the style for me right now. So I got rid of a bunch of shorts, but I've kept this one pair that I love because they're white and they have these polka dots and they're super cute. And I put them on the other day. I was like, oh, these still fit pretty good, but they're like pretty short. And I don't really wear shorty shorts to fit well because you're like moving around a bunch. And I don't know. So (laughs) I was leaving. And this girl, this girl that goes to fit wall is like super objectively speaking for like just... Uh, I guess you can look at like the bodybuilding world. She looks like someone who does a lot of bodybuilding stuff for better, for worse, right? Like she just has a very muscular physique and just looks like she could just, you know, crush some weights. I was walking out and I always notice her because I'm like, man, she's got like a lot of muscles. But of course, you know, I always feel conflicted talking about that in my head because I'm like, we're not supposed to comment on bodies. So this is when I was texting you, Claire, because I was like, I feel conflicted. But as I was walking out, she was like, you have the best legs. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And I started laughing. And the girl at the counter who like checks everyone out, she's like, she's not wrong. And I just, I texted Claire. I'm like, that just made my day. But now I feel bad because we're not supposed to talk about people's bodies. And you're like, well, it's okay if like, you know, it's not like you're, they're saying, wow, you lost so much weight and you look so much better. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, I do kind of still agree, like blanket statement, you know, don't comment on people you don't know. I also think just a blanket compliment might be a different situation. Like if somebody comes up to you and is just like, wow, you have great legs or like, wow, I love that dress on you or whatever that case may be. I mean, I guess the background to that could be that someone comes up to you and says, oh, you have great legs. And little do they know that you, you know, have just gone through like a manic exercise phase of your life and that's why your legs are so muscular and you're like, oh, I'm being complimented because I have like sure. had this manic phase. That's where – my mind goes into like, you don't really know what's going on. You know, there might be a 1% chance that this is a negative thing, but like you just never know. But I tend to think that there is definitely a gray area, even though. Yeah, it feels great. It feels like contradictory because I immediately was like, wow, I feel so conflicted on how, like how happy that made me. But I also think, again, I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm going downhill with it. But I think with an aging, the age of a 45 year old, I, I think I'm closer to 50 than I am to 40 soon. So I'm like, oh, these compliments feel a little more like, oh, the age thing, because we value beauty and youth that that somehow equated and it like put me in a good mood. So Um, But I guess like in a fitness class, we're all just working on our fitness. And it was just a, it was just a, a, her intention was to be nice and that's fine. And I just, you know, lifted at that. Jacqueline and I are having a side conversation. We're passing notes on the side of the class in the chat Uh about not working out in shorts. I don't like working out in shorts. I do have some, I think they're probably six or maybe even eight inch Lululemon Align shorts that pretty much come down to the, all the way to the top of my knee and they're tight, like a bike short. Sometimes I'll wear those if it's really hot out. But otherwise, I am a leggings person still all the time just because no matter what I do, my thighs rub together and my shorts like get caught up in my crotch. And I have just kind of stopped trying to find shorts that that doesn't happen with. And I just, and now at the point that I've been wearing leggings for so long that when I do wear shorts to exercise, I feel really self-conscious and like tugging at them the whole time. 
And it's not even a self-conscious like, oh, people are looking at my legs. It's just more like, I'm not used to this. This doesn't feel comfortable to me. So if anybody else out there is like team leggings, unless it's over 90 degrees, I will wear leggings in the summer, definitely. The only time I wear shorts is if it's really hot. Like I wear shorts on my trail run because I was like, it's hot. I'm in the sun. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I know a lot of people say they, you know, th- their legs need to breathe. I get their that. Legs need to breathe. I, yeah. I just can't deal with the pulling of the fabric out of the crotch constantly. I need recommendations maybe from the chat or people listening to this episode. <laughs> you, listener. Uh, good, and I'm on the constant, I feel like it just cycles and changes all the time. So I don't stay with one brand, but really good underwear. Just like a basic brief. I don't need anything fancy, but like I am constantly on the search for like good for Mira, I don't I don't wear underwear when I work out. I always feel weird saying that. But like Boy, still for yeah, <laughs> sometimes I worry about I still laugh at that. Who among oh. us has not worried about that truly? Even when I'm wearing underwear, I'm like, it's gonna pop out. I need one right now. Oh my god. Um, okay, okay, so like just some good basic basic yeah. uh not like Victoria's Secret lacy. I just want like basic bare bones. Wow, three recommendations in the chat for Under Armour Seamless. Weird. Yes, all right. Under Armour Seamless. I'm writing this Four. down. Wow. Kate, Kate Catherine, okay. and Mira all swear by Under Armour. Okay. okay. I really okay. like Okay. Smartwool has a an intranet underwear. It's like a it's a merino tinsel blend, uh-huh. and I love it. They have it in like a hipster or not a hipster, like a boy short style. It's not a complete boy short. It's just like a little bit longer on the side, so it's not like a little briefy situation. Mm-hmm. And it's very stretchy, and I love it. I just am a big merino wool underwear person because it's very yeah. like. Is it hot though? Whenever no, I hear it's the word not. wool, mm-hmm. I know. The common misconception about wool—it's actually very temperature regulating, and it's also like great for moisture management, and it doesn't stink. So it's like real. I love it when I like. I, I love it to work out, and I love it when it's hot out because it just is like I don't know. It feels like if I'm gonna get a sweaty butt, it doesn't feel as sweaty as if I'm just wearing cotton underwear. Okay, okay, that's good to know. And because right now, this is the other thing: is just sitting in shorts is a problem. Because if I go somewhere and sit, I just get like total sweat under my legs. Uh, I'm really surprised and delighted by this, the recommendations that came in Fast and Furious. But the other ones is Parade and Girlfriend Collective, Target's Underwear, Third, okay, Under Armour, Under Armour. I didn't love Parade. I Parade gets great reviews from some people. I personally felt like and I don't mean, maybe I just got the wrong style, the wrong size. I personally felt like it was, it like didn't hold me in enough. Like it, it, their whole thing is like, it's very seamless and it lays flat, but so it doesn't really have like, Oh, you know, I've had those before where it starts. I just feel like I'm falling out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's how I felt about the parade, but not everyone feels that way. That's just how I personally felt. Sure. 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 The thing that I can't stand, and this is where I'm like, oh, am I just becoming becoming really sensitive to clothing? Is like anything that the the like the um, oh my gosh, what's the word? The like the elastic. Thank you. That's what oh. I'm looking for. The elastic. If it just like pushes too much, mm-hmm. or like a seam, I'm actually like digging it. I'm like, or a seam like digging into my hip. Yeah. Or if there's like any 
whiff of a lacing. I know. <laughs> I, I just agree get, with like, I'm like, we have the technology to not have to have a rubber band around my waist. It just can we yeah. just yeah. Um Jacqueline says I want to try packed underwear. I tried packed underwear when I was like I have some right now. I probably bought it two years ago. It's okay. I felt like it wasn't the most flattering. Not like it really matters, but I just felt like the where it hit me on my body, I kind of needed it to be either like a little bit higher or a little bit lower. And it felt like sort of like the top of my stomach of my belly was like roll would like roll over on top of the seam of the underwear mm-hmm. and then it like roll it down. And I was like, I don't really want to be like hyper aware of that area of my body all day. Just yeah, like that's exactly what drives me. With it. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, oh I'm just it's yeah. So that is not my favorite. Have you ever tried any Skims products and people in the chat? Because that's like a big no. thing. The people brand love of Skims, Kim though. Kardashian. I, I mean, everyone's. I wonder. I wonder with all of these products that come out when there's a lot of media push and they have a really great campaign and it's the ads are everywhere. Right. I always question that. I'm like, how good is the product versus they're just being pushed because they have a lot of money to do advertising. I've only tried one thing with Skims and it was the. It's a body it's a bodysuit of a black t-shirt bodysuit and it's okay i wear it on occasion when i just want to like have something simple have a tucked shirt yeah i don't know i haven't tried anything it's not life-changing but it's nice jacqueline says thumbs down for adore me so that's another i don't know adore me um i will say just in the realm of like really basic underwear i feel like you can't go wrong with gap body i wore gap body underwear all through college all through my 20s and the only reason i really stopped wearing it was because I stopped living near a gap. <laughs> like I was too lazy to order online because they always would have, you know, you'd like go in and it'd be like a bin sale and you'd be like rummaging through the bin. Yes. But it's like really basic and it's so cheap. You can always get it for, you know, five for 20 or something. Did you ever do Victoria's Secret as like oh, a teenager yeah. high school oh, where yeah. you were like, oh my gosh, I'm so sexy. <laughs> you're in college and you're just like rummaging like a raccoon through these bins. of. Something. Oh my gosh. That was such a thing. And just... <laughs> I mean, I, I just think back and I'm like, I wore, that's all I wore was Victoria's Secret underwear, probably from end of high school, maybe until through college. But yeah, I mean, I would always- I have a question about underwear. What? When, how old were you? And do you remember your first thong? Um, that's a great question. I don't remember. It had, it had to be college for sure. I would not be- I would not dare have the thought of, and it wasn't more of like a sinful thing. It was just more of a comfortable thing. Right, was, like an embarrassment pretty, thing. You don't want your mom watching. Totally. Well, yeah. not, yes. And yeah. I lived at home and I was like, I'm not, yeah. So I don't think I got a thong until I was in college. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I'm like, sometimes my mom listens to this. <laughs> Sorry, oh, mom. Jacqueline says, the one time I ever got grounded was because I bought Victoria's Secret underwear that said, get laid, L-E-I, laid, with a hoodie. Jacqueline, Jacqueline, I'm telling you, I want to hang out with Jacqueline. You were a good time. (laughs) Jacqueline is a good time. Kelly says, okay, but who actually likes thongs? And I agree. I'm glad I grew up. Like, I stopped wearing thongs when I was pregnant, and I never went back. And I sometimes think to myself, like, why was I so worried about people being able to tell I had underwear on? Yeah. Yeah. As a society, why of women? Why are we worried about this? Why are we worried about people knowing we have underwear? Especially yeah. in the 90s when men oh. were wearing their pants in such a way as to expose their entire pair of boxers. Yeah. And we were like, they can't know. They can't know yeah. I'm wearing underwear. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I oh. totally I totally get it. It reminds me of that scene in Clueless where they're doing the yes. shot of all the guys walking. And they're like walking with, with their pants. With their baggy yeah. pants. And ew. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um, my first I would song, like to know. 
I really would like to know about the thong. Like, who really, really does enjoy? Who's like, I can only wear thongs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, too. And are, maybe, you, are you serious? Are you serious? Maybe if you've been wearing a thong your whole life, like now wearing full-on underwear just feels like too much. And you're like, oh, I'm constantly messing with it. I could kind of see that. I don't know. I just I never looked back. The first thong I ever had though, I bought at Charlotte Ruth. Charlotte I remember Ruth. it. That's vividly. where we would go to get jeans and a and a cute top yes, for going jeans out. And a top. Charlotte <laughs> Ruth. And Charlotte Ruth. <laughs> it was like probably four dollars. And I my I had a girlfriend who she had like I think I was probably like in eighth or ninth grade. I think like eighth grade. And my I had a girlfriend who had been wearing thongs since like seventh grade. So she was a pro. So her mom knew and she would do her laundry. So I this is so disgusting thinking about it. I would take like wear the thong, put it in my backpack in like a grocery bag and give it to her so she could pretend it was hers so her mom would wash it. What? That's epic. That I is I didn't want my mom to know that I had that is mom. epic. I remember it, it was epic. pink and it had like some little character on it. Like I don't know. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I was really dedicated to my mom not finding out that I owned one thong. Same thing about bras. I used to start like, I started buying bras at limited too, just like on my own. Mm-hmm. And I remember and I would keep them in my backpack and never wash them. Also, I did not need a bra. I arguably still don't need a bra. Right. I didn't need a bra really like until I was out of high school. So there was no reason for me to want to be going to limited to to buy bras other than just like I wanted to. And I, cause I totally. felt left out. Cause, like, I did the oh, same thing. The it was like such, such a big deal when I saw other girls wearing bras. Like oh I, I have a core memory when I was in sixth grade of everyone lining up outside, outside of the portables because we had portables for some classrooms. It was like so hot. So we all had like baggy t-shirts on. And I just remember seeing girls bras like through the t-shirt like you could kind of see the line of it and I was just like oh my gosh like I need to start wearing a training bra then I got one of course and I was like okay big deal this is just more uncomfortable but it was just such a rite of passage to get your it was such a status yeah yeah and then when I was in college I all I wore was like the so padded like you had so much padding oh my gosh so much what was it called the miracle what was it called the victoria wonder bra wonder bra yeah miracle bra um, yeah, I was too embarrassed to wear a wonder bra because I literally was completely flat chested. And I was like, this, the gig is up. Like people know if I yeah. show up at school one day with no boobs and the next day a B cup, <laughs> people are going to notice. Oh, I was just like, so happy that that existed. Um, uh, I have to laugh though. Kate says I bought for her. We were talking about thongs. I bought a thong for prom with my BFF and had a panic attack when they asked for my phone because I thought they would call my house and my mom would find out. Oh my God. Like, you know, when they do the phone number, oh, that's what it was for the loyalty program or whatever. And then like, as they're typing it in while you're buying it, that's so funny. I'm going to call you and tell you that your daughter's buying a thong. That's so funny. Yeah. Every Friday night at Charlotte Roost, you get your cute top and then go pregame. Totally. I got a corset there once for a Halloween costume. Charlotte Roost, I swear, the best. It's the best for going out. Or the buckle. That was the other go-to. Charlotte Roost I never shopped the at the buckle. Yeah. I think the buckle's still around. It's like a lucky brand. Yeah. I know yeah. what it is, but mm-hmm. I never shopped there. It was always... Or the Limited. Limited usually had cute tops. Oh, the Limited, by the time I got there, like once Limited 2 started existing, the Limited just was like oh that's for old people um wet seal was the other one that i would go to which was basically like a discount baby 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 and guess i would always go (laughs) 
to guess. Okay, this is a yeah. real big throwback. 579, Kelly named it. But like how horrendous that I grew up in a time where there was a store called 579. Jacqueline says she did PacSun. I definitely also did the PacSun. You guys know I was very big into uh, we're into surfing culture. the PacSun situation. We were a yeah. lot of, of uh, Ocean Pacific. Yeah, OP. And a oh lot of Roxy. Gosh. I had saw every, like probably 80% of the tops I had were Roxy. I had like aspirations of being a Roxy girl, but I was just not, I just, I couldn't see myself. I just felt like it was, I still have this thing where it's like, it's too flowy and dainty for me. And I've never seen myself as like a dainty girl, probably because of my I think in the nineties, it was a little more like skate style. Catherine says, then you remember Delia's. Oh yes. Delia's and Alloy were so good. I would look at Delia's catalog all the time and just like drool over. Oh, so fun. This is a good memory lane. I'm very excited about this. Okay. Um, well, speaking of our favorite products, let's take a quick moment <laughs> and talk about our favorite sponsor, Ned. You can get Ned products at helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com. Our favorites are the Daily Blend. I take it every day, 750 milligrams. The Sleep Blend, Joy takes it every single night. It has CBD and a mix of herbs and botanicals to help you sleep. We also love the Shaddai Chai, which is a magnesium blend with adaptogens and herbs that helps your body just like really chill out, get ready for some very restful sleep. And the Mellow Magnesium Drink Powder, which you can take really anytime during the day if you just feel like you need a little bit of a chill pill. It's so refreshing and lovely. And if you go to Ned's Instagram, they actually have a few like mocktail ideas to use your Mellow powder in, which I think is such a cool idea to like, if you are trying to get away from having a glass of wine every night to wind down, maybe get some of this mellow and start using magnesium to wind down instead. You can get all of those things and so many more wonderful, amazing, intentional, fabulous products. We love Ned so much. We love the founders. We just love everything they stand for. You can get 15% off with discount code joy, J-O-Y. Go to helloned.com forward slash joy. You can just browse to your heart's content, support the brands that support our podcast. Thank you guys so much. All right. So we are deserving of a Taylor Swift update. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Big time. Mm. Okay. Hold on. Where we last left our heroes. Yes. Our heroes. Joy was very, had like massive, massive FOMO because the last time we recorded, it was the morning after the Taylor Swift concert that you did not, in Denver that you did not get to go to. And we were talking about like, okay, we're going to try to get tickets for the European tour Stay tuned. See what happens. So tell us what happened. Mm -hmm. So I was like super sad. And I had this pre-sale Thursday morning. I was like, okay, I know there's three shows that they were selling like three hour, I don't know, whatever, two hours apart. So you had to either wake up at like four, six or eight. I was like, okay, the night before, if I wake up before 4am, I'll just jump on that. I just didn't have like super motivation to get up that early. And I was just kind of like worried about just getting kicked out anyway. So I'd be mad if I got up that early anyway. So I happened to just wake up right before four. I think my body knew. And I signed on and I sent Claire a text message. It was like, I think I posted it on the stories. It was like 70,000 people. There's, you know, it, you log in, you get in the queue or you get in the waiting room and then it's like, you're in the queue and there's like 70,000 people in front of you. And I'm doing the math and I'm like, Oh, this venue is 53,000 and this is a pre-sale. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get a ticket. So tick, tick, tick. I got kicked out of the system. It was a nightmare. And I'm like, I'm not, I got to go to work. I'm not going to worry about this. So next one was, I think two hours later, I logged in, same thing. And I was just like, this is not going to happen. This isn't happening. And I was texting Claire. I'm like, this is dumb. I'm not going to get tickets. Well, finally I get in. It just somehow like 
I see the numbers go down and it's like, you're next in line and that pushes me in, but you can't get any other tickets but, but VIP packages. So I start going through the motions of like just picking a VIP package, which was basically a GA seat and uh, on the floor. And the venue is very similar to like our venue in Denver. So just kind of looking at it, I was like, okay, I can kind of visualize this. I'm texting Scott and I'm like, okay, these are the tickets that we have. Should I get it? And it, we were kind of laughing for the Denver show back when those went on sale because he's like, oh yeah, for VIP, you get like, you know, it's so, it's so expensive, but you get like a tote bag and a sticker. Um, so we were kind of like making fun of the packages, but like, of course, now we know that tickets go like, that's well worth it for how much tickets go after the fact. <laughs> so he's like, do it, just buy them. So I got, I was able to buy four tickets after like mis- messing with the system of like dealing with euros and US credit cards. And finally it went through and I was like, oh my gosh, we just got tickets to Ireland. I was like texting Claire and that is that. So after thinking that I was 1000% not going, ended up getting the VIP package and getting uh, floor seats for Ireland. And the thing that was like super amazing, when I tell you there are no fees for the international tour, <laughs> I think the fee was like $15. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it was like so cheap. As so, opposed to what, like three to four hundred, literally. Uh, if well, if you're yeah, if you're buying resale, but for yeah. for presale, like face value, fees were like one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars, depending Which is on like wild. Yeah, like if you're already spending you know thousand right. dollars on tickets, and now you're spending, right. and that's per ticket, right? The fee, yeah, per ticket, yes. Yeah. And so it was, yeah. So the money we so we saved on fees goes towards airfare, which we're like, yes. Um, I don't know why is it expensive here because United States has not figured out anything. We just haven't figured yeah, it out. There's a lot of wants, things that we have not figured out. Everybody wants a piece of the pie. Everybody wants their share. You know. Yeah, it's greed. It's you know all the things that we could we could uh, go on about the United States of America. But anyway, so that was exciting and. Now we're going to Ireland. The show for that one is June 2024. And I'm just so thrilled. And I think Scott's really thrilled. He sent me a picture the other day because she's she just did the Seattle show. Eddie Vedder was there because it's Seattle. And he was there with his family. I'm sure his girls because his girls are so cute and probably major Taylor Swift fans. And it was a picture of Eddie Vedder with like all the friendship bracelets. And I was like, that's so cute. So... I'm just super excited. And I really am excited for the friendship bracelets. If people don't understand like that thing with the show with Taylor Swift, it kind of became this cute situation where you would show up with friendship bracelets and exchange them with one another, kind of like exchanging stickers in your sticker book. So everyone comes to the show with all these bracelets and exchanges them and you leave with like really cute arm of friendship bracelets. So cute. So we have a happier ending to the story. We have a long time to plan this trip. And um, if anyone has other, uh, we had some, based on the stories, we had some really good recommendations from some people who either lived in Dublin or near Dublin. Uh, if you have any recommendations in that area of like places to go or things to do, please email them to me. Or we are loosely playing with the idea of trying to host a podcast trip to Ireland, either like the week right after or the week right before the Taylor Swift concert. So it would either be like the last week of June or the first week of July. If that's something that you are actually truly sincerely interested in, please let us know. Send us an email. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. I don't really know how many people we would need. My guess is like between 10 to 15. We have started talking with a custom trip organizing company who works with like they call them subject matter experts, which I think is just like a nice way to say influencers. 
their whole model is like they kind of plan the trip for you, similar to like what we used to do with under 30 experiences and they stopped doing custom trips. So we would love to be able to go to this group and just say, hey, we already have 15 people who are interested. We want to go to Ireland. These are the dates we want. If you're interested in doing that, and it would not include Taylor Swift whatsoever. Like, no, but that Taylor, would just overlap. It would be so convenient yes. for us to have. I mean, that's kind of the dream after this happened. I was like, Claire, we should do this trip. And wouldn't it be cool if we could all do Ireland and everyone could just, we could make a big trip out of it. Because I love our group trips. It's so fun. I love having things that are organized. I do love showing up and have things planned. I get really insecure about especially traveling in- internationally. I've developed this like anxiety about like being the stupid tourist. And like, I love when people can kind of like show us around. I mean, like they're a local and they're like, this is the place to go. So I love having someone local, like hold our hand through, you know, being in a place that's not familiar to me. (laughs) So that would be, that would be amazing. We would love it if listeners could come and do that. Please let us know truly if you're interested. I know of probably like four to like two to four, maybe five people who are already most likely a yes if we could pull that off with the dates. I think we have enough time. It's 11 months away. I really have no idea what to tell you guys for a price range. I imagine what we would try to do like at least five to seven days or around five to seven days in five, Ireland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would just be so fun if we could kind of make this into a f- whole podcast trip and maybe we would, could go surfing one or two days if that's something people would be interested in and go like see a bunch of sites and eat all the bread and wear all the sweaters. Come experience Claire in her natural habitat. Yes. It's so fun. It'd be so fun. I am actually probably not going to Taylor, <laughs> but I am going to Ireland. I'm very excited. So you might you- resell is resale is actually really great internationally. The resale tickets are not what they are, are in the insane. United States. We'll because see. I think I'm open to it, but I'm yeah. not planning on it. And I'm not sure. saying like, I could care. I mean, I really could take or leave Taylor Swift as a whole. I like her music. I know. Oh, you? I know. Just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I like her music, and, but I'm like, eh, like if I never heard another Taylor Swift song again, I wouldn't like probably even notice. I also, in general, I'm like not a huge lover of live music. Like, I'm not gonna spend a lot of money to go to a concert because, like, concerts to me in general are just not something I enjoy that much. Mm. And that's not to say that I've never been to a great concert, but I'm not like driven by that feeling the way a lot of people are. Sure. So I'm excited just to be in Ireland. I love Ireland so much. So if you, if we had a listener trip before or after, you wouldn't be like completely left out by not going to Taylor because I'm also not going to Taylor. Right, right. Yeah. I'm just also saying like as a separate fact, people who do want to go to an international show and didn't get a ticket, resale is different in, you know, I I want to say, I don't know if it's just the US, but uh, Scott was talking about this because he knows everything about shows is he's like, there are different rules for resale. And so in Europe, they likely don't, you don't have the ability to resell and do the scalper thing and like uh, sell, sell it and make a bunch of money. Like in the US, you can. And so that's why resale tickets right now, don't quote me on this. I don't know all the facts, but this is what I'm hearing. And this is just, but like, I was actually just looking at tix- tickets in like Mexico City and looking at the, 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 for the cities that have already gone on sale and they're actually not horrible. So just FYI for for people who might want to take a trip and make a vacation out of it. Totally. Hot tip. So we're really excited about that. That's the big update of the week. Going to Dublin to see see Taylor Swift in 2024. Tay-tay. Tay-tay. Yay. (laughs) We were texting earlier, Joy and I, about like what we wanted to talk about on the podcast today. And she was like, um, she like listed out some things. She's like, is that it? I was like, uh, we haven't talked about Taylor. She's like, oh, right. Yes. We should probably talk about Taylor. 
I was very confused. All the Taylor Swift fans are going to be ashamed and be like, you're not really a fan. But I was so confused by the post that she did for the um, I Can See You Now video. She posted this picture of her, Taylor Lautner, and this other chick, and it said, like, the tale of three Taylors. And I was like, I don't understand that. Apparently, Taylor Lautner is married to a Taylor, and they're both Taylor Lautner. Oh, I did. I knew that. I didn't How know did that. I know that and you didn't know that? Because I don't follow Taylor Lautner, and I, I think you're either. more of like a. Tw- are you a twi- are you a Twilight? No, person? Harry Potter. I never even read Twilight because I was worried it would infringe oh, on my loyalty right. for Harry Potter. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I just spend a lot of time pop on Instagram. culture. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. The other thing we were going to talk about today before mm-hmm. we run out of time is your ketamine update. Your journey to maybe not doing ketamine after all. Yes. So. For people just catching you up, I went to therapy and my therapist is an integrated therapist with... Oh, Jack, hold on. Jacqueline says I have a Taylor Lautner connection. He did karate with my brother, Jacqueline! <laughs> wow, this episode just came really full circle. Karate, Taylor Lautner. I'm so impressed with Jacqueline. I really do need to meet you and Okay, so I, I need to stop reading the comments too because I'm getting distracted. But uh, so I went to therapy, and my therapist is also a psychedelic practitioner and was offering to do ketamine sessions and said I'd be a good candidate. Recently, I think just kind of looking more into it right now, it's not never, but right now, <laughs> the time. The time it takes to do one ketamine session, and just the more I found out about it, just the way she does it, because you could just do one and and like live your life. But to get like the full benefit, I think it's best practice from the way she's trained to do at least six sessions of ketamine therapy. Each session could be up to three hours long. And then you also do what's called an integration session after that, like two days later. And that just feels, I'm not ready to do that much of a deep dive on my dive on my psyche. I'm just not. I'm like, I maybe I will be ready when I know I'll like when I know when I know I'll know. But right now it was just that felt so overwhelming for three hours, even though I'm like going to be, you know, in a different state. I just that feels exhausting to me. So I'm going to put I'm going to put a pin in that for now. So if that changes, I'll let you know, because I know everyone is kind of like, oh, give me an update and let me know how that goes for you. And I don't, I don't want to say it's, I don't feel like I have like any resistance to it. I don't think that's it. It just feels like, that just feels like a lot of work. <laughs> just, and it feels a little indulgent. I'm not saying like if people have done that, but that to me is like, oh my gosh, do I need to really spend like that that much time going like diving deep into myself? Like I, I think I'm just going to, pause that for now that's fair that's how i feel about therapy in general i'm like do i really need to know this information if it's i guess i guess the thing that i'm thinking of more is like i don't feel like i'm and again i'm not saying this in general this is just my experience for people i don't feel like i'm suffering so much that i need like this is like an urgent need so right. you're not like knee deep in trauma that you know like crack it was more of like oh i'd really like to explore some patterns that i'm kind of getting caught up on that i think could be helpful but like the severity doesn't meet the treatment in my mind. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to think about it. So I've, I've backed off on that idea for now, for now. Keep us posted. I know a mm-hmm. lot of people last time you talked about it were kind of intrigued or like, oh, a lot of people sent us messages that, you know, they knew someone who had done ketamine therapy and had amazing results. I want to just be very clear. We're not saying that like there's no marriage ketamine therapy and that's why you're, you're not wanting to do it. It's just like this, it's a bigger commitment than what you thought at first. So maybe right. just now's not the time. Now's not the time. Yeah. Yeah. A few more minutes. 
Let's talk about CCI a little bit. Joe, whose turn in is coming up pretty soon, <gasps> oh, right? Oh, yeah. So August 10th, we leave for Oceanside, California. We'll be flying to San Diego to turn Joseph into professional training. And just saying that makes my stomach hurt a little bit. Can we give, hold on, I want to do this really quickly, mm-hmm. give a little background. So you have Joe from when he's eight weeks old, 12 weeks old? Eight weeks old. Eight weeks old yeah. until he's about two. And yeah. that is like basic training, basically. Like you yeah. think they think of that as like primary school, effectively. Mm-hmm. All the dogs more or less come out of that with the same just baseline skills and obedience. Correct. Then yeah. you and turn it's them really- in. Sorry, yep. go ahead. No, it's basically like socializing them and getting them used to being in different environments and just making sure that they're not going to be scared by a doorbell type of thing. Right. So as they're growing up, these are really important things to expose them to. Yeah. And they're kind of like learning how to learn. Like you're doing training yeah. with them. They're learning what a training session is like. They're going to these puppy classes. Yeah. And when they're two, you turn them in to the CCI training center where then they go into what, six months? Six months at least. Could be more. Kind of depends on the dog. But they – and then – once they go to that training, they are then picked for the track. It's almost like they pick a major, but the trainer picks the major of like what they think is going to be the best route for them. So if you guys remember, Cadet was the last dog we raised and she was picked as a hearing dog. So she went through the hearing dog training and graduated as a hearing dog. Joe could become a facility dog, which is what I had with JT working in mental health or medical or, you know, some type of facility where it's helping patients, uh, a PTSD dog, helping a veteran or service dog or a skilled companion, which is a dog that helps a child who has a disability, but the parent is majority of the, of the time is the handler because the child can't handle the dog themselves. So any of those tracks, there are, I was just talking to Scott about this today because we're dog sitting the sweetest, cutest little dog named Wilford right now. He's a release dog. And he, Scott was like, why was he released? I'm like, well, I think he wasn't appropriate for any of the tracks in, at Canine Companions, but they also have this program within Canine Companions where they will, where they will talk to other agencies such as like FEMA or like bomb sniffing dogs, programs that they could actually kind of swap out dogs. So Canine Companions will often call those agencies and say, hey, we have this dog that we think might be a good bomb sniffing dog. Do you want to evaluate them? And then they'll kind of like transfer them to a different program, which is really cool. There's this one gal that we follow on social media and she's a gr- she's a great trainer. She works for Canine Companions. Her handle is uh, Fostering Puppies and she has the best posts. You should follow her. She's a good follow. But one of the dogs that she recently raised was transferred over to FEMA. So it's a FEMA, FEMA rescue dog that finds people in rubble and alerts people to like where the humans are if, if there's like, you know, a building collapses, which is so cool. So those are kind of like some options that he could do. But really, it's getting over the first hump of like the first progress report is kind of the gauntlet because really pretty quickly, they weed out the dogs that are not going to make it that are kind of like out of the gate, not going to be a service dog. And they know that right away. So we're kind of like on pins and needles the second we drop them off until the first puppy report, which I think is like four to five weeks, we'll get like, as a puppy raiser, you get reports every month, like how are they doing? So oh, it feels I gotta say it feels maybe I'm just in denial, but I don't feel as like weepy and like bubbling up emotions as I did with cadet. I don't know why. And I'm a little worried. I'm like, is it just gonna like spill over? But it also could just be like how amazing I know this organization is how yeah, and you've gone through before now you kind of like yeah now we know yeah. and I also know that like people always ask this and I get the reason why people ask it and I also am like oh as a puppy raiser you just understand like how could you give them up it'd be so hard to give them up and 
I don't see it that way. I see it as this dog. I'm raising this dog to have a job and he loves to work. And so it's not me that it's hard, but it's also like, I see the reasoning why this, these dogs go on to go to training because they love having jobs. And so the other thing too, remember last year when you were going through this with cadet, your biggest thing was like, I want to make, I want to know that she's going to be okay. And like, you were so worried about like, what if she misses us? What if she doesn't understand? Like you not wanting her to feel abandoned. And then Mm -hmm. I also remember that pretty soon or not pretty soon, but like a couple months after cadet graduated and was placed with her handler partner, you did see cadet and like, she was happy to see you, but your also overwhelming feeling was that like she had kind of moved on. And so I also feel like probably you're you don't have that same worry of like is he going to be okay because you've seen cadet go through it and realize like okay the dog's going to be okay and it's still going to be really difficult but you maybe don't have that same level of worry of like what's going to happen to joe yeah or is he gonna yeah and i think like yes and i think like that's that's a really good point because i think that is because Joe has this routine and he loves us. And I also just, I've seen him. I think we've been able to do different trainings with Joe too. Like we send him off with other handlers all the time. Like he's going to our friend Andy's classroom a couple times a month. And so Joe is used to leaving us. And I think with Cadet, because it was a pandemic, we never really like passed her off to other people that much. But one of the things that like, it will break my heart so much and everyone can like, you know, I'll be looking back at this in a few weeks and I'll be able to tell you the outcome. <laughs> but there's this story within puppy raisers that when you're turning your dog in, if they look back at you when the trainer like takes them to go to the kennels, they're like, it's really, it makes it harder. Cadet didn't look back, meaning like the trainer takes them, you're standing there and they're kind of walking off to the kennels and you're waving goodbye and we're like, hey, do good. And so, but puppy raisers will tell stories of the dogs that looked back at them and how hard it is because it's, and that happened to me recently when um, it was a few months ago, I had to take Joe to the vet just to get a vaccine. And as they're, it was just like a tech appointment. So they just have to take him back and you don't have to go back with them. And he like looked back at me. And I just remember being like, please don't do that. Turn and like the vet is different because he's truly like, I don't like this place. Like, please take me back home. He's got this soft spot in my heart that I worry about that piece that he's, he like sees me as the alpha and that if he, does that a turn in? I don't know. I'm going to like cry about it for days, but I think I know he's ready. He's like always eager, always wants a job, follows us around. Like, I think he will really excel. There's a few things like behaviorally that I worry about, but we're just going to like, we're just going to wish for the best. And he will, I have to remind myself too, with these dogs, like they pick their path. So I'll keep you guys updated. I did really quick before we end today, want to do a call out for if anyone has like works for an organization or knows of a place where I can do, we can get like a a donation for an item to be auctioned off at a silent auction. I'm involved in helping plan this fundraiser in September for Canine Companions. It's local. So it's in the Denver area. If you have anything or know of any businesses or places that would donate, it's all tax deductible. And I can kind of like send the letter and everything that shows you the information. We're looking for items to be auctioned off 
for this silent auction. And it's always a really successful fundraiser. So if anyone has any suggestions, please email us. All right, guys, thank you for joining us today on another week, another episode. We're so happy to have you. We're so glad you're here. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Yeah, email us any ideas you have for silent auctions. And also please truly send us a, a note if you would be interested in coming to Ireland next summer. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Ned, helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy, J-O-Y, or use discount code joy for 15% off your order. Thank you guys so much for being here. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.